Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Nicole. And this is Yes Dude, the show about shit we like. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are Happy you? Post 4th of July. Well, it'll be a week later, so. Well, I know. That's what. That's why I said post 4th of July. <laughs> okay. Same day after. <laughs> Man, I have uh, this pumpkin apple candle burning right here next to me. And I really did forget. Like, I made coffee and I set this candle up. And I was like, oh, fall. And then I was like, wait, it's like 100 degrees still. <laughs> Ugh, I am jealous. That sounds beautiful. I had coffee this morning and didn't even drink all of it. I know. I ha- Well, I drank all of what I put in my cup. But I did not finish the pot. <laughs> I didn't even... I literally had half of a cup today. Yeah. I've gone from drinking three cups a day down to half a cup. And sometimes none at all. Uh, For me, it's more medicinal at this point. Like, if I don't drink coffee, my brain's going to set itself on fire. <laughs> so... <laughs> that... I've been there. But that also, I fun. just like coffee, so... Yes. I do, too. But for me, three cups was excessive. Yeah. Especially when I was drinking my last cup at 4 p.m. and could not go to sleep until, like, midnight every night. Yeah. <laughs> my work schedule does not like that. <laughs> my body does not like that. Yeah. Which is actually something I'll talk about in one of my <laughs> topics. <laughs> okay. How was your 4th of July? I was going to ask you that. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was good. My dad went ahead and got married. I assessed the risk, current risk of COVID and decided that I was not comfortable with attending. So I did not go, um, which pretty much freed up my day for the fourth. <laughs> so I woke up and did a happy hour with one of my friends and her husband and Stefan and then you and I did yoga. We did yoga so a- early. We did. It was nice. Yeah. And I have we the rest early of today the day. too. Yeah. <laughs> because after I finally don't work this weekend, so this is like your first weekend weekend in a long time since Vegas. Um. Oh, no, I mean, since Salt Lake. Well, when we first started the show, we were closed on Sundays. Oh, that's right, because COVID. Mm-hmm. And then, what else did we do? Oh, I waited for Stefan to do his homework. And then we went outside and watched a couple fireworks off go off down the street. Came inside, had a few drinks, and played video games. And then went to bed. So, very uneventful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and when I say happy hour, I mean Zoom happy hour. I am not going out and about, which is why I did not go to my dad's wedding. So, let's clear that up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to say Zoom happy hour. Yeah. How was your fourth? I got up at like noon <laughs> because I got to sleep in because I went to bed at like four because I was watching ER and I wasn't tired yet. So I got up at like noon and then Nicole was like, hey, are you still on for yoga at one? Because we had planned that already for one o'clock because <laughs> she knew she was doing the happy hour. So we did that and then I... Stood in my kitchen and ate, like, a quarter of a watermelon. And then I ordered fries and horchata coffee. (laughs) And I watched ER (laughs) for the rest of the day. (laughs) That sounds fabulous. Yeah. Man, okay. So, when you watch shows that have been on for, like, that many seasons (laughs) and that long ago. So, Juliana Margulies whose name you might not recognize, but you would probably know her face if you saw her. She's the good wife, or was. I think that show's over. But she was one of the original cast. I don't know if she makes it through the whole show. I'm only on season, halfway through season five, I think. But George Clooney also was one of the originals on that show. And it's like, he doesn't do TV anymore. That's wild. So question, are you watching the ER from like the 90s? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Growing up, I watched that with my parents. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I wanted to make sure we were talking about the same one. I probably do would remember her face um, just because. Yeah. I grew up with it. But obviously, like you said, not by name. Yeah. But it's so long ago. George Clooney on TV? That's weird. Yes. So it's so long ago, though. Like, I've seen Taraji as two different characters. And it's only season five. First, she played 
Benton's niece, and then she was gang girlfriend who got stabbed. That character didn't have a name, but I'm like, excuse me, she was just in the episode where his son gets baptized. Like, I understand that she's not Taraji P. Henson yet, like, she's just, like, speaking extra at that point, but she's so young. Octavia Spencer was in it. It's so weird (laughs) seeing all of these, like, huge names so long ago. Before they were huge names? Yeah. But when they were just, like, speaking extra. <laughs> like <laughs> They were baby actors and actresses. Yeah. But it's like, you, you expect me to believe that nobody knows who Taraji is and that they're not going to recognize that she played a different role, like, last season? And I'm like, but she's not Taraji yet. Like... <laughs> Right, like people. She's don't just like her young such. girl who gets in a fight at the hospital. <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird though, because the same thing happens with like uh, Law and Order, because it's been on for so long. Oh my god! Speaking of Law and Order, I love Law and Order. SVU, right? Yes. Your girl, Mariska Hargitay, mm-hmm. was on like two seasons of fucking ER. She was the desk clerk, and she dated Mark Green, and I'm like. Hold on a goddamn minute. She is Olivia what? Benson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I She's did not realize. I have seen three CSI actors on this show. <laughs> like, I'm in season That's five, and, so like, wild. all of these people who are, like, mainstays in other shows are just, like, hey. Extras. Yeah, like, there's Georgia Fox. She's a fucking <laughs> intern. And she is not dating Gil Grisham. because she's not in las vegas yet she's still in chicago like it's so weird (laughs) it's a mind fuck yeah for sure was it my turn to go first i think so because i outroed last week Mm -hmm. let's get some shoes (laughs) are you talking about the video no i'm talking about shoes actually Oh, okay (laughs) but let's get some shoes (laughs) so shoes is my topic i dude i almost picked sandals this week really yes (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can pick sandals because I give a little bit of history about them, but then I'm going to go into talking about modern day fashion. So, yeah. Shoe fashion, rather. <laughs> so, shoes. <laughs> it's my top. My, my first top. Uh, the very first shoe was a sandal. Uh, they first emerged in ancient Egypt and uh, were made from palm leaves, papyrus fiber, and raw leather. They were stretched and tied at the ends of the feet. Uh, And at first, only clerics and the pharaoh could wear them. Eventually, they became available to everyone, and the color of the sandals you wore in Egypt symbolized which social class you were in. It's going to be a recurring theme here. (laughs) Yeah. All the way up until the early 1900s. I mean, some Um, could argue it's still happening today. This is true. (laughs) Footwear began to thrive in ancient Greek and Roman culture, uh, specifically the sandal, which is actually still around today. the, The Roman sandal, or the Greek sandal. I have a couple, or I used to have a couple pairs of them. (laughs) Anyways, in Greece, sandals could only be worn by free citizens who could easily be distinguished from slaves. And in ancient Rome, clothes and shoes were a symbol of power and civilization. So shoes, similar to the Egyptians, determined your social class. Or basically showed your social class. North and Central Europe produced leather boots that were turned inside out and sewn up with the sole inside the shoe, making it seamless, basically. Which also makes me think, is that where the term insole came from? Because if they, like, sewed it and then, like, turned the sole inside and it became, like, seamless, wouldn't that be, like, an insole? I wonder if that's where that came from. Maybe. I don't know. That's my... <laughs> me questioning things. During the Gothic period, foot bear... Foot bear. <laughs> Jesus. I cannot foot talk. Bears. <laughs> foot bears. <laughs> Football, footwear, you know. Mix. Okay. During the Gothic period, footwear... With long pointed tips called poulains. Poulains, I think? P O U L A I N E S. Poulain. If you're French. Uh, I don't know. Poulain. Very possible. <laughs> it is. A I N is an ah sound. <laughs> okay, then it's definitely poula. Uh, became popular. The length of the tip determined your status. They were made of velvet. And fancy elements. So, like, stitching and things to fancy your shoe up. They're very similar to, like, pointed toe shoes now, but they were, like, much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one part in the article that said they could be up to half a meter long. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, like, three feet. 
Yeah, well, when you don't have to walk around, your shoes can be insane. This is true. Um, Men heavily influenced early shoe fashion because even though women wore shoes, they were hidden under their skirts. During the Renaissance period, European kings wore shoes with very high heels to show their supremacy. During that period as well, pointed shoes transitioned into wide, rounded shoes, and women began to wear platforms. A picture that they had for the first platform shoes was wild. It had literally, it was like a shoe, like a shoe, but it had like two, mm-hmm. like pillars under it. I was like, yep. how do you walk in that? <laughs> just straight up and down? Well, I mean, it's a combination of things. Yeah. It just looked very painful compared to what our modern day shoes are. And I'm very grateful for those. Yeah. Because <laughs> that does. Yeah. It's either going to be for like royalty and higher classes because they don't have to walk as much or as a way to stay up out of the sewage that is just running through the streets. Yes. I did read that, but did not write that down. Yeah. Because I thought it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> In the Baroque era, shoes, which is like, I studied music theory a little bit. The Baroque era is like super fancy frilly. Fippy dippy. Type. Exactly. <laughs> uh, shoes were made from velvet, satin, silk, and decorated with fake flowers, ribbons, and gemstones. So those were like the flashy, flashy shoes. During the Industrial Revolution, inventors created a modern footwear sewing machine, which could make up to 700 pairs of shoes per day. Huge breakthroughs in the second part of the 20th century with cheaper raw materials, new styles, and different lifestyles changed footwear for both men and women. Actors and singers in Hollywood influenced popular footwear. The Beatles popularized Chelsea shoes. Audrey Hepburn popularized the kitten heel. Mary Janes were popular for with schoolgirls through the 50s. In the 60s, heels became popular due to an increase in working women. Platforms became popular in the 70s and 80s. Different styles, but still platforms. And low heels became popular in the 90s. Uh, in the 2000s and 2010s, uh, shoes became very diverse. And I will go ahead and talk about that when I talk about the shoes that I have. Okay. <laughs> The part that I thought was really interesting, though, was the change in lifestyle, even over the last 50 50 or 60 years, um, has really influenced the style of shoe we have. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I thought about that had I had like I read it. Yeah. I touched on that in Athleisure. Yes. Because we talked about how (laughs) the invention of rubber or whatever meant that they could do more things. And also college kids don't care as much. (laughs) No, they give no fucks. So we also may have mentioned this. The first sports shoe was made for basketball players by Converse in 1917. Do we say that? I've not. Okay. And, and neither did US... you for basketball. <laughs> I did not, which is why I mentioned it here. So in 1882, I know you mentioned the rubber com- U.S. rubber company mm. or the rubber invention of rubber. But in 1882, the U.S. rubber company created a modern, comfortable fabric shoe with a rubber sole, which we know today as Keds. What was it before? Because we could not fathom that when I talked about athleisure. What? What was it before? What was it before rubber? I'm not sure. <laughs> because we talked about that in athleisure. We we're like, what the fuck did they use before? Yeah. I don't know. It didn't actually say, but I assume probably <laughs> just like cloth or like that leather, right? That, I mean, it can't be cloth. That would be absurd. It's <laughs> the 1800s. <laughs> they had heat Cowboy soles. boots. What are these? I know they used leather and cowboy boots. I guess like, maybe. soles of cowboy boots. Actually, some of the shoes I have today are leather-soled shoes. I need to get them fixed. Yeah. I clearly rotate on that side Mm -hmm. heavily. But anyways, uh, that's about as much as I have for shoe history and facts. I'm going to actually make a note in my phone right now to look up what we used before. Because this is two episodes now that we have no idea. And it didn't even cross my mind either. Yeah. Uh... So, since I already mentioned Converse, that is going to be the first shoe that I talk about, because my absolute favorite pair of shoes is a $10 pair of Converse, high, high top Chuck Taylors. I got it at a garage sale, like, six years ago. Okay, I'm like, where did you get Converse for $10? <laughs> yes, dude, a garage sale. They were, like, basically brand new. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. So My glittery pink ones, I got at Ross for, like, 25 bucks. I forget that Ross has good shoes sometimes. Mm-hmm. There was, like, 10 pairs of these glittery pink converse and i'm like hi why didn't anyone buy these in the original run and they had to send it to ross right 
I will take them, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like those. I actually need to get a new pair because they're, like, actually dying now. Yeah. <laughs> Badly. Yeah. I just don't know what pair I want. Yeah. There's so many styles. <laughs> I like the red ones, though, because I wear a lot of black and white, and the red pops, and also the blazers are red, black, and white. And so, whenever I go to games, I always wear those shoes. <laughs> the, those shoes have been to a lot of things, okay? Yeah. I've been to a lot of concerts, I've been to a lot of raves, I've been to a lot of camping trips, actually. I took those camping several times. They've been to <laughs> lots of hockey games, lots of basketball games, so it's been a good run. Next brand of shoe I really like is Nike. Now, I do have to give a disclaimer here. I do like Adidas as well. I like Adidas because they're a little bit wider in the toe, whereas Nike's a little bit narrower. But I tend to find that Nike has a higher arch than the Adidas shoes do, which I need for my feet. So, for shoes, I'm going to prefer Nike. But on the down low, I prefer Adidas socks. <laughs> Nike shoes, Adidas socks. Don't tell anyone, though. Especially here in Portland. Okay. Uh, I have several pairs of Nikes. This pair being my fave. I'm currently holding up to the camera. Obviously, you can't see it. A pair of black high-top Nikes. I don't actually know what the brand is called. <laughs> I'm like, there has to be a name for that. Nike well, names everything. Style. Doesn't say. It just says made in India. 8, 17, 16. Hmm. There are those. And then speaking of Adidas shoes, here's a pair of Adidas. They're purple velvety. Love these. Next brand I really like. Puma. Actually. Nicole wears wearing. a lot of athletic shoes, apparently. I do. They're so diverse. See, here's the thing. They're all different styles of athletic shoes. They're all comfortable, but they're all different styles, and they all have their own purpose. Like, Converse, I would never wear flat-footed Converse. For anything <laughs> athletic. Anything <long>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Long period of time running. No, thank you. That would kill my body. Yeah. But I would wear them to go, like, dancing in, because they stay on your feet, and you don't got to retie them ten times, and they're cute. Uh, Puma. My mom bought me a pair of Puma running shoes when we did a 5K a couple years ago. And those sons of guns have lasted for, like, a lot of miles. You're supposed to, like, replace your shoes after 500 miles of running. But I'm pretty sure I put 1,000 miles on those babies, and they're, like, holding up real well. I'm impressed. My next pair, favorite pair of shoes or brand is Docs. My Doc Martens. I love them. I, I just bought my first pair, but I'm <laughs> obsessed with them. Yeah. I've worn them, like three times but I always feel like a badass <laughs> I hear a lot of people tell me they're super uncomfortable to wear I just wear a pair of really thick socks and it's not that bad yeah I mean Converse are super uncomfortable until you break them in I think the ones I had maybe were broken in before I got them because they weren't too bad yeah it's also maybe why they are $10 at a garage sale <laughs> yeah also I love 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 my Birkenstock sandals I want Birks so bad but they're so expensive they are I need to find some second hand somewhere but shoes.com you really try not to buy things firsthand, though. I know. I feel like shoes are an exception because you don't know where their people's feet have been. Not for me. Although, here I am buying $10 Converse at a garage sale, so... Yeah. Shoes are not the exception for me. This is true. I am a little sad Payless went out of business. I did buy a pair of shoes there right before they went out of business, obviously. Right after I moved here, we went to the mall. And they lasted... Um, they were destroyed already by the time my mom came down in November and I got them at the beginning of the summer. <laughs> so. Damn. Yeah. My playlist shoes lasted pretty good, usually. I think I still have a couple over here on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Like some flats. But uh, I had to find an alternative shoe store. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. they were always like my go-to for flats and whatever. Uh, but I did find that Nordstrom Rack has a huge section of size 12 and 13 shoes. That is a problem for me. Yeah. Also why... Nicole has I big feet. <laughs> can't always buy secondhand shoes because there's not always secondhand shoes size options for me. Yeah. Uh, but they do have a large section of size 12 and 13 shoe, ranging from literally like your basic flip-flop to like stiletto heel to I bought a pair of snow boots there <laughs> columbia snow boots so i think they've taken over my favorite spot is shoe store i used to like shopping at torrid for shoes especially boots because i have big calves mm -hmm. and they're built for bigger people so they would fit there but <laughs> there was one brand of boot 
specific boot that I bought um, that the heel caved in twice. So I wore them for like three months and the heel was like a hard plastic and it just like crushed in. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not normal. So I took it back and the lady, it was like right around Christmas time. And the lady was like, oh, let me just exchange those for you. Like she didn't give me a receipt or anything. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So like I wore those for about three weeks I think these the, these ones lasted like three weeks <laughs> not, <laughs> not even a month and the like whole heel just like caved in I was like what the fuck <laughs> I was so mad and they were yeah. super cute boots too they had bows on the back they were black knee highs I was sad about them yeah so I took them back and I took them to a different store where I originally bought the first pair and told her my story and she's like okay well the lady didn't give you a receipt for this pair and I was like no she's like that's really unusual she's like let me see if I can pull up your receipt for your original pair and I was mm-hmm. like okay so she pulled it up and was able to refund my money to my card but I was like yeah <sighs> yeah I have two things I've never had a problem with Torrent I've actually had like pretty good experiences with their customer yeah. service like I went in um I when I got into my car wreck, I wrecked my car right after I moved to LA. Uh, so I didn't have a car for like six months or something. But I lived less than a mile from the mall. So I would just like walk down there. Um, and I got a pair of jeans and they left the little tag on there. The like security oh, the tag. Sensor, yeah. Yeah. So I took it back to have it taken off. And she told me that like if I just like gave them a call, they would send someone <laughs> to my house to like take it off and i'm like i live down the street but that's like pretty convenient <laughs> so that's cool pro tip, apparently one time yeah i'm sure that's mostly for like you know if you're at work and you get off after they close or whatever like it, it's just more convenient <laughs> but like that's pretty cool well that's like the thing is i bought a jacket there <laughs> mm-hmm. for my interview and i went to pull it out of the bag to show stefan and it still had the tag on it oh my god i was like Oh, not the tag, the security sensor. I was like, yeah. fuck. I looked at the clock and I looked to see what time they closed and they closed at seven o'clock and it was 7.05 when I looked at the clock and I was like, no, my interview was at 10 the next morning. So I looked to see what time they open. Fucking 10. Yeah. So that would have been real cool to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty convenient. But also second thing, you should uh, watch Sarah Ray Vargas. She does a lot of like clothing hauls and stuff, but she'll do like shoe ones and like she's a bigger girl. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Heck yeah. But on a note of tour customer service, like, they both took care of me. Like, yeah. Their service is great. It was just that. And, like, I've never had problems there with their clothes or their shoes ever, which is why I shop there. And it's the only store I actually have a credit card to. Uh, But that one pair (laughs) just had a faulty heel. And I was so sad because they were so cute. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do have a soft spot for heels. Yes. Even though I am a tall girl. <laughs> Nicole's a giant already, but... <laughs> I'm 5'11". Uh, with heels, I'm usually 6'2". <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first date I went on with Stefan, I was taller than he was. I gave him a disclaimer, and the first thing he said to me when he saw me was, Wow, you are tall. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, just, just getting off on the right foot there. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> a good understanding, apparently. <laughs> um... <laughs> I do like heels. I think my favorite pair of heels is this pair right here. That actually came from Tord. Nice. They're pink and strappy and tall. I wore them to the Chain Smokers in Vegas in 2016. I don't know. Yes, 2016. <laughs> I do have this pair of Ugg shoes over here uh, that were on sale at Nordstrom Rack for like $15. Mm-hmm. They're not the most comfortable, but I think they're cute. Yeah. And if I wear like socks, like high socks with them, they don't rub too bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's my uh, talk about shoes. Nice. Yeah, I don't do heels. (laughs) (laughs) My look is very low maintenance. (laughs) So I have a pair of black with gold glitter bobs. They're not Tom's. It's the Skechers version of Tom's. But I got them Mm -hmm. like brand new still tag at the thrift shop that I like going to for like eight bucks <laughs> i'm like hell yeah that's a score yeah so i have those i wear a lot of i have like flip-flops that i'll wear sometimes if i'm just like running somewhere real quick uh i like boots and converse <laughs> i don't 
I don't dress it up much. I have a surprising amount of boots. I discovered when we were going to Salt Lake City, I was like, oh, I need boots, right? And then I realized that I have like five pairs already. And I'm like, these aren't going to be warm enough. I need boots. (laughs) (laughs) So So I bought more. (laughs) But speaking of sandals, I have these slides. They're real bright. Mm. I bought them for Vegas, but that's not happening. So now I will wear them in Phoenix. Nice. In December? I have a matching... Um, it's going to rain on your toes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm hoping to still rent a house with a pool. Yeah. You can wear them to the pool outside. <laughs> Back exactly. inside. <laughs> exactly. Or to the hot tub. Maybe mm, Maybe I'll just rent one with a hot tub and not a pool. Yeah. Because I don't think it'll be that warm <laughs> in December. No. I mean, it'll be warm and not... It'll be like 60s, but... Yeah. But not super warm to swim yeah definitely warm enough or cold enough for a hot tub yeah definitely i like it i like it i swear to god if my graduation gets canceled i'll be a sad panda i know me too (laughs) but that just means i'll have a vacation to whole week of vacation to roll over to january yep or to 2021 (laughs) yep (laughs) we'll see right i steph and i were talking and we don't think that it'll be normal for at least another year or so. Yeah. Well, we'll fucking see. <laughs> I know. People would stay in their goddamn house. It's the summer. What are you doing outside anyway? I mean, I get it because, like, your kids have been home for, like, six months already. <laughs> like, it's been so long and I understand that. But, like, stay inside. <laughs> right. Or, like, if you go outside, don't go around other people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking to the people who, like, have kids. I'm talking to the fucking old people here who are like, oh, I can't give up my golf. And the young people who are like, yeah, I'm done. I just don't I'm going to go to the bar. Like, yeah, we're all fucking done. <laughs> like. Yes. Those are the people we're talking to. Yeah. Not the people who have to go outside for their mental health, but the people who are just doing it to do it. Yeah. Also, wear a fucking mask. Yeah. Just gonna throw that in there. Yeah. We have the sign up at work, but they don't want us to actually, like, enforce it. They're just hoping that it'll remind people, hey, put your mask on. I'm like, then what's the fucking point? Because the people who are going to wear their mask when they see it are the people who are going to wear their mask anyway. Yep. (sighs) Over it. Yeah. Are you ready for my first topic? Yes. Flamingos. (gasps) Love it. Yeah. The Great Flamingo was, Heist. <laughs> yes, the, the Great Flamingo Heist. That is not what I named that episode, but close enough. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. but The it was Great something. Pool Floaty Heist. <laughs> oh, I was close. <laughs> yeah, but it was a flamingo. It just happened to be a flamingo. Yes. So I was drinking coffee earlier out of my mug shaped like a flamingo. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about flamingos. And then I was making a drink for the show, and I can't see myself, but I got my little cup with a flamingo lady on it. Look at her with a little hat. Yeah, I broke the husband. I was drying it, and it just, like, snapped in half. (laughs) I was like, well, apparently those air dry. (laughs) Was it a glass, or was it plastic? It's glass. Okay. But they're, like, uh, it was a set. We got it at Goodwill, and it's, like, big stemless wine glasses like a red i love that yeah and they're like hand painted and it's got a little flamingo lady and you know it's a lady because there's a flower on her hat (laughs) and there was a husband flamingo that i broke (laughs) r.i.p mr flamingo yes i also have a flamingo pool towel and not a bath towel and a flamingo pool noodle that squirts water that Kelsey got me for my birthday last year. That and the flamingo mug she got me last That's year for adorable. my birthday. Those are from Target. <laughs> <laughs> so, flamingos. I love that. And I can post I'll... the pictures of flamingos that we took in Vegas in September. Yes! <laughs> Finally, I can do something with those pictures. Uh, those things stink, though. Like, flamingos in real life stink. That's going to be one of my points. I love flamingos. They're fun to look at, but they smell so bad. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. 
I mean, it does have a lot to do with what they're eating, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it smells so bad. It it does. It's very... <laughs> Pungent. Very earthy. Yeah. Do you know that we have flamingos in America? American flamingo is one of the breeds. Species. Are they in Florida? They are, so there are four species of flamingos throughout the Americas. So north, south, central, and the Caribbean. So yes, Florida. Also, I'll venture more into that at the end. Okay. Uh, there are two native species to Africa, Asia, Europe. That's it. Africa, Asia, and Europe. <laughs> My next sentence also starts with a country, but there's only six species of flamingos? That's what I was just going to ask you. Yeah. Like, there's only four in the Americas and two everywhere else? Yeah, I guess. There's okay. the the great, greater flamingo, the African flamingo, the American flamingo, and then I guess three others that I can't remember. Interesting. Yeah. The name flamingo comes from the Portuguese or Spanish word flamingo, which means flame colored. Oh, because they're pink. Yes. Or red or brightly colored usually. Yes. I have seen white flamingos. That is because they are uh, malnourished. <laughs> I was going to say because they. Yes. I don't want to say. I don't want to take your steal your thunder. So right. I didn't put that. I didn't write that fact down because I feel like everybody in the freaking universe knows flamingos get their color from their food. But it okay. is the beta carotene in the brine shrimp and green out al- or blue algae that they eat. So. But if they. I didn't know about the algae. I did know about the brine shrimp though. Yes, it is the shrimp and the blue algae, and they will also eat like things that eat the blue algae but they obviously get less because that's already been processed (laughs) so they get less from that so in the wild if they are white or less pink the the more vibrant they are the better mate they will be considered by (laughs) the other flamingos obviously so if they're you know white they're probably not going to have many offspring because they flamingos know that that one is malnourished and is not going to provide much for their young (laughs) Uh, that's not necessarily true for flamingos in captivity. It's just, you know, the quality of the algae or whatever that they can get. Like, it's... That they're eating. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that, like, they're being mistreated in a zoo. It's just they're, you know, not getting as... Natural algae. Yeah. Or shrimp. I mean, I guess all shrimp is natural. <laughs> unless it's right. some sort of artificial shrimp. Do you know what a grib is? A grib? A grib. It's spelled G-R-E-B-E, but Wikipedia said it's pronounced grib. I do not. Me either. It looks like a little gray duck. Oh. But it has 11 morphological traits in common with flamingos, and now they they now think that they're related. Damn. Yeah. Because those traits are not found in other birds. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, that would make sense if they're not found in other birds, then. Yeah. But it's weird because it's like a flamingo and then this random diving bird. Gray little duck. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) Right? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Nature's weird, yo. Yeah. So, life cycles. (laughs) (laughs) This was under the life cycle portion of the Wikipedia article. Flamingos are, what's the word? Not mating animal. They pair bond. Oh, okay. Like a goose. Yes, I guess. Or a penguin. Yeah. (laughs) So flamingos form strong pair bonds, but if it is a bigger group, cluster, colony, there we go. If it is a bigger colony, they will sometimes move on to a different mate just because there's more options (laughs) they can. (laughs) Their colors are brighter. Exactly. (laughs) But they basically, they pair off and then they start nesting and... Sometimes a flamingo, another flamingo couple will come in and try to steal that nest. And then they have to fight because they're very aggressive about their nesting spots. (laughs) So they have their baby eggs. And when the eggs Mm -hmm. hatch, the parents basically stick around the nest for six days and take care of the baby and feed them crop milk. (laughs) Crop milk? Crop milk. I don't know what it is. It comes from inside somewhere. (laughs) Don't ask me. (laughs) <laughs> I know they're birds, but weird. Yes. After the six days, for at seven to 12 days, the chicks move around a little bit, leave the nest, explore their surroundings, 
at two weeks, the chicks just kind of all come together and merge into their own colony and just like hang out. And the adults are like, bye. <laughs> and then there's just like thousands of baby flamingos <laughs> like hanging all by out. themselves? Yes. <laughs> just like. That's so weird. Yeah. Just all of the chicks from that year's like litter. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Hatching. All of the hatchings for that year just merge into their own colony <laughs> and become flamingos in a group. <laughs> they just all hang out and. Mm-hmm. They're two weeks old. They get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? If you say so. Yeah. I mean, that's what Wikipedia told me. The first flamingo in a hatched in a European zoo was a Chilean flamingo in Zoo Basel, Basel, in Switzerland in 1958. Aww. Yeah. Well, baby flamingo. Yeah. In 1958. <laughs> Oh man, sixty-two years ago? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sixty-two years ago. That's what I thought. But yeah. I was like, wait a second, hold up. <laughs> yeah. The oldest recorded flamingo was named Greater. It was a Greater flamingo, <laughs> so they got real creative there. Um, and he was at the Adelaide Zoo, and he died in January 2014. He was 83 years old. Yeah. How long do they flip and live, dude? Well, I'll get there. Kind of. 83? 83 years old, on record. That's as old as my grandpa. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a long time for a bird. Yeah. Well, birds are basically dinosaurs, so. It's true, just like crocodiles and alligators. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mentioned that we have flamingos in the U.S., and you asked if they're in Florida. For the most part, yes. (laughs) Okay. Let's go back to... 2005. Okay. June 27th, 2005. Wichita, Kansas. There's a zoo there. I don't know if it's the Wichita Zoo. I don't know what it's called. None of the articles that I read said anything about it. But two flamingos took advantage of a windy, stormy night around 9 p.m. and fled the zoo. Damn. (laughs) Yes. Two African flamingos just took off. Bye. Yeah. They had been... Moved to that zoo, it looks like 2004, or to the U.S. in 2004, they came there. They don't know if it's a male or a female, because they hadn't had a chance to do the blood test yet, because you can't tell unless it's laying an egg or not, (laughs) whether it's a male or a female, you have to do a blood test. But they were young. They didn't think that the feathers, their flight feathers, whatever, whatever those are officially called, were... All the way in yet. Okay. So you froze for half a second. <laughs> <laughs> You're back. Are you here? Did you hear any of yes. that? I heard uh, they. It was young, and they didn't think that. They didn't think that their uh, flight feathers, whatever oh, yeah. those are called, were all the way in yet. So they had to okay. clip their wings. Apparently, flamingos are very good flyers. And the only reason that they, like, stay in zoos is because they clip their wings. So So they didn't clip their wings yet. They didn't because they assumed that they were young enough that they didn't have, they couldn't fly. Just kidding. So these two African flamingos just take off 9 o'clock p.m. June 27th, 2005. They have not been back to the zoo since. So there's just, like, two random African flamingos flying around the Wichita, Kansas? No. No, untrue, (laughs) because one of them, nicknamed number 492, because it still has its leg band on, you can see it in pictures, it just has decided to join the other American flamingos, even though it's an African flamingo, and is often seen, or every few years, it is seen in the Texas Gulf Coast, so they think that that is part of its migration pattern, wherever it has decided to migrate. (laughs) Interesting. Yes. So it was seen after it escaped June 2005. It was seen at the Texas Gulf Coast December of 2006. And again, at the Texas coast in 2013. But this time it was with a Yucatan-born Caribbean flamingo. So it either has a mate or found a friend with common interests. I don't know. I don't know what they talk about. The other flamingo... 
they believe went north. They know it went north because it was seen northern somewhere in 2009. Nobody has seen that one since. So it probably got, they got separated in the storm and (laughs) that one ended up going north and that is not the climate for flamingos. Nope. (laughs) Hard pass for the flamingo. Yes. So, but the other one, number 492 is still out there. Live in life, being an American flamingo, or being an African flamingo in America. Uh, It was born in Tanzania. It spent a few years in South Africa, and it came to the U.S. in 2004. At the time of the article, it was 23 years old. That was two years ago. It's 25 years old now. And in the wild, flamingos can live over 50 years. So this flamingo's only middle-aged. He's just a zoo escapee who's, like, chilling out flying around that flamingo is so badass the, the you know southern states just living life and i think that's great and i did not know that flamingos could fly that well i think i knew they could fly but not well yeah not across the country no <laughs> i didn't know their migration patterns were that big well it might not be but it started out in wichita and moved south and it's like i don't know where i am <laughs> so Texas to wherever it goes. They don't really know. They mostly only see it in Texas every few years, but it just keeps popping back up. That's wild. Go little flamingo. Yeah. Little jail escapee flamingo. Yeah. I just like looking at flamingos. I think they're neat. And they don't really know why they stand on one leg. They don't? No. It could be to conserve body heat because they uh, are waders. They're wading birds. So they... You stand know, in the water. They stand in cold water, but they also stand in warm water, and they do it in the warm water, too, so that doesn't really line up, but it might also just be because it's less effort. <laughs> because they they did, like, a bird autopsy or something, and they noticed that it doesn't use any muscles to, like, hold one leg up. <laughs> it uses more to, like, it's more energy for them to stand on both legs, basically, than just one. That's so weird. Yeah. Flamingos are interesting little creatures. Yeah. Although they're not really little. They're kind of large for being a bird. The largest is the, I think it's the greater flamingo, but it's like 4.7 feet. And I'm like, that's almost as tall as my mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. The smallest was like 2.2 or something, but flamingos can be big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I love little flamingos. Yeah. And now I kind of just want to spot number 492 out in the wild somewhere. <laughs> right. I wonder if they could, like, chip him or something. I guess he's banded. He's so. banded, so they know that that's him. But also, if they catch him, there's no reason not to take him back to the zoo, because technically that is his place of residence. <laughs> but that's true. But it would probably be more effort and endanger the natural wildlife than... To just let him hang out. Yeah. And the fact that they know he's 492. Yeah. He's not just some random African flamingo who just, like, showed up. And they don't know where he came from. But, okay. Imagine a world where, like, it's climate change, right? It's too cold in the north now. All of the people have had to move south. But we still do archaeological digs up there because i mean we do it now why wouldn't we want to know what it was like two thousand years ago or whatever right and they find this one lone flamingo skeleton buried in the ice caps or whatever and it's like (laughs) can you imagine the theories they would come up with right (laughs) that is were the great lakes tropical at some point where did this flamingo come from As if it's ever found. Yeah. But I just Wild. think it's really funny because they haven't seen that one since 2009. So I'm going to guess that it was too cold and he couldn't make it. But what are people going to think when they find that? Right? That's so odd. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, <laughs> how did... First of all, are they? I wonder if they're going to be able to tell what kind of flamingo it was, if it was a South African flamingo. Well, but either flamingo. way, American flamingos are in Florida and... Well, yes. South America. But... but. If they can identify it as a, um, but if they can identify it as an African flamingo, they'll be like, how the hell did an African flamingo get all the way over here? Mm -hmm. Not just a flamingo in general, but I don't know how archaeological 
digs work if you can identify species or not um i mean that would probably be more in like dna and i don't know if it would last that long but speaking of dna <laughs> that's my next topic okay i bought a 23 and me genetic test last night <laughs> you did not tell me what you were gonna do but as soon as you said speaking of dna i'm like oh yep that's what that's gonna be <laughs> yep so um my grandpa my mom's dad his mom was actually adopted and before my grandpa got alzheimer's and completely lost his memory we tracked down a very distant relative of my great grandma's birth mother so it's always just kind of been like this interesting history of what are we ever since we found that out Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i decided to order a 23andme genetic test uh stefan had took his a long time ago and we were looking at his results uh, about two weeks ago which was really fascinating sorry is your topic 23andme yes okay (laughs) 23andme genetic testing okay Uh, because then i can talk about my results in a follow-up episode yeah i just wasn't sure what specifically this was (laughs) the topic was yeah so we're looking at stefan's results and it was just really like super in-depth so they have two two kits you can order one is the uh, ancestry and traits, which is like um, your ancestry composition, like where are you from, and then your traits, like are you able to taste bitter things? Can you smell asparagus odor? Uh, do you have flat feet? Do you sneeze when the sun hits you just right? Do you have dandruff? Like, are you susceptible to dandruff? Like all of those things. So that's like the first kit, and I think that one's like a hundred dollars. And then the second one is ancestry traits and health, which is really interesting. Did they get permission um, to do that then? Mm-hmm. Okay. FDA. Because there yeah. wasn't permission before and they got in trouble for that. <laughs> yes. Uh, they also have a whole bunch of disclaimers on now that says it's like this information is like could severely affect you. Like, all right, be prepared to like <laughs> be prepared, basically. But also it's not a diagnosis. And if anything happens, talk to a doctor. Exactly. Exactly. So the health ancestry and traits one. So it has the ancestry and it has the traits. But then it also gives you. Uh, the health portion of it gives you predisposition reports, which um, a couple of them were, are you predisposed to diabetes? Are you predisposed to blood clots? Those types of things. Uh, your wellness, how your DNA says you should eat, sleep, and exercise, which I think is fascinating. They're basically going to analyze my body at a cellular level and <laughs> tell me what my body would prefer, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and then carrier status, what I may pass on to my children, which I think is super important, but it'll be really interesting to see what I carry. Mm-hmm. My great-grandma on my mom's side was 25% Danish, so I know I have some Danish ancestry there. But I don't know a whole lot about my dad's side. My grandma used to talk to me about it a lot when I was little, but she's been passed since 2014. And prior to that, her and I didn't have that great of a relationship, so we didn't talk a whole lot. Also, she had dementia, so it was hard to hold a conversation uh, at the point of... When I reached the point of asking those types of questions, she wasn't there. So, Mm. (laughs) Um, And then my dad's dad, I can't ask him because... I don't know that he knows. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see. I'm kind of excited. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan doesn't have like a relationship with his dad and his mom's been passed away since he was young. So it was really like beneficial for him. And I'm kind of excited to see what it'll tell me. Yeah. The the second kit is a little more expensive. I think it's $199, but I just paid off all my credit card debt. So I was like, well, I have to have some sort of credit line. So I was like, this will be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'll pay it off in two payments. So. I'm excited. Super short topic, but I'm kind of pumped to try it. Yeah. I think I might get my mom one for Christmas because she's always so super interested too. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see what traits I get from her side versus my dad's side. Yeah. I don't think my dad would ever do it because the government and DNA, but. I mean, that's why I wouldn't do it. I know, but. I don't trust the government more than I want to know those things, so. Oh, <laughs> see, at this point, like, I don't care. So that's never really something that's like freaked me out. Yeah. They use it to make mutants. They use it to make mutants. <laughs> what? I said if they use it to make mutants, they use it to make mutants. Oh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, there's no reason that they couldn't in the future deny you an insurance claim because of things that you have on record. It's a whole thing. Oh. <laughs> oh. I didn't even think about that, mm-hmm. but oh well. But to be fair, genealogy matching is how they caught the Golden State Killer, so. <laughs> it's true. I remember working with genes a lot in Bregman's class in biology, and I remember being interesting, and I finally got it, but then I don't remember a whole lot after that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember X's and Y's and letters on parts of DNA that match up to make different traits and things. 
Yeah. But <laughs> science is cool. That's, yeah. That's why I'm majoring in technology, not <laughs> not the body sciences. There's a lot to learn there. Yeah. So we'll talk about my results on a break room episode. Nice. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> I don't actually know how long it'll take to process. So they said there's no slowdown for COVID. So that's good. Yeah, I don't know about... Kelsey has done it. They all did it. So I don't remember how long it was. A few weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's cool. not all that long. I'm excited. Yeah. I. They might have done the like Ancestry.com version though. Mm-hmm. And not the 23andMe. But I don't see why it would be any different unless they have more users. Yeah. I don't know. I I think my cousin did the 23andMe one a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious to see what traits they have versus what I have. Yeah. Or how closely we match up. Yeah. Because they live in South Dakota. My distant cousins, but... Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> What's your last topic? My last topic is Scrabble. Yes! <laughs> we talked about playing words with friends. We did. And then I downloaded it again. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do that. Yes. In 1938, Alfred Mosher Butts invented a... <laughs> invented a... I saw that look. <laughs> It is spelled Mosher Butts. It is spelled Butts, too. (laughs) He invented, er, you know, created a version of a game that already existed called Lexico, and his was called Cross Chris Crosswords. Sorry. He created Chris Crosswords. In nineteen forty eight, three ten years later, not three years later. (laughs) Ten years later, James Bruno bought the rights. In exchange for giving Alfred Mosher Butts royalties on every unit sold. So basically, he bought the manufacturing rights? Or he bought the rights to the whole thing. I can't tell. It sounds like he bought the business, but still was going to pay royalties, too. Yeah, I think something. (laughs) Basically, it now belongs to James Bruno, and Alfred gets royalties on every unit sold. When he bought the game, he renamed it Scrabble, which is a word that already exists main like scratch yeah a lot so james bruno and his family started making it like each unit by hand in a an old schoolhouse in their town like they made it themselves there that was like their factory Mm -hmm. okay it was like a family-run business and they just made they had some sort of headquarters in this old schoolhouse and they were making each unit like at a time as it sold i assume but they lost money their first year because <laughs> of all the time and, you know. Trial and error. Yeah. So rumor has it, legend goes, that in 1952, Jack Strauss, who was the then president of Macy's, went on vacation, played Scrabble, loved it, came home, realized that they don't sell Scrabble at Macy's. And he's like... This is insane. Why aren't we selling this game? It was wonderful. I loved it. So so he put in a large order to James Bruno and his family so that they could sell it at Macy's. And within a year, everyone had to have one. And that's when it caught on, apparently. <laughs> it was in, Damn. you know, 1952-53 because they started selling it at Macy's. That same year, I guess, because I didn't write another year, James Bruno sold the manufacturing rights to... Selcho and Ryder, because they could not keep up with demand. So because everybody had to have one because they were being sold at Macy's, they outgrew the schoolhouse. Yeah. And it didn't make sense for them to keep making it. So they sold the manufacturing rights, but they still owned the game. In their second year at Selcho and Ryder, they sold 4 million units. Holy moly. Yeah. In 1972, Selcho and Ryder bought the trademark. So now they own all of it. In 1986... Selcho and Ryder was sold to Colco, Colico. I don't know how to say any of these manufacturer names, (laughs) but they were sold to Colico, and that company then went bankrupt. Damn. That's like a brutal history. Exactly. When that company went bankrupt, Hasbro swooped in and purchased their assets, including Scrabble and Parcheesi. And that's how Hasbro came to own Scrabble. (laughs) Interesting. In 2004, Scrabble was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. So only a cool almost 70 years after invention. 
and gets inducted. Mm-hmm. Better than 100 years. Yeah. In the U.S. and Canada, it is distributed by Hasbro. Outside of the U.S. and Canada, it is Mattel. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was weird. We talked about Mattel. Yeah. I didn't know that they could do that. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder where that is. I have no idea. That was just like the first sentence on the Wikipedia article. Weird. It is distributed in 121 countries and in 29 languages. Holy moly. Yes. So, 29 languages. I was reading at the bottom of the article. Some of those languages are like Dakota and some of the like Native American languages and also Gaelic and Welsh have so and like those are wild languages, y'all. I was going to say is Gaelic even like a thing anymore? Mhm. Okay. Kind of. I mean, people speak it. It's not, like, the official language of Ireland anymore, but... Okay. I wasn't sure if it was, like, yeah, outdated or if people actually still spoke it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably more common than, like, native, tri- like, tribal languages in yeah. America. Because, you know, <laughs> you have to pass it on, but it's a whole thing. <laughs> That's okay, a different topic. But, yes, people do still speak Gaelic. It's estimated that one third of American households and one half of British households own a copy, a version. And there are about 4,000 Scrabble clubs worldwide. Clubs? Yes. Clubs. Interesting. The English language version has 100 tiles. It is... So for, like, the Gaelic version, there are... (laughs) Some of their letters are, like, combined... To make a sound, right? So yeah. they have, like, certain tiles for those kinds of things. So some of the languages are going to have more or less tiles, but... That makes sense. Translation, mm-hmm. right? That's cool, though. I didn't realize Scrabble was so, like, diverse. Yeah. 29 languages. Cool. <laughs> In 121 countries. Yes. But That's pretty neat. Yeah. We, we had Scrabble growing up there are many versions of it now like i have the official scrabble app on my ipad and i also have wars with friends on my phone wars with friends has the like the boards are different and some of the tile scores are different so i think in the official scrabble like the board game version only like q and z have 10 points or something but in wars with friends i think it's j q x z or something are all worth 10 points I was literally just playing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I need to download that. Yeah. But yeah, I like wordy board games. So Same. I, I like Scrabble's wordy ones fun. and strategy. Growing yeah. up, my dad loved Scrabble. He was so serious about it. He would never play it without a dictionary nearby to yeah. make sure what you, the word you were playing was a word. He's a challenger. He is. I was like, Dad, mm-hmm. damn. I'm like 12, yo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of them, I'm like, I've never heard of this word, but whatever he would always like use big words i'm like is that a word dad he's like i don't know look it up like i don't want to do this every time dad yeah (laughs) my dad's mom also liked to play it that is she also liked board games Mm -hmm. Um, before she developed dementia she liked board games and card games and scrabble was one of the ones that she just adored yeah it is a fun game i do like words as friends Mm -hmm. i have yeah you're on there like on my like facebook list and it's like hasn't played in a while and i'm like rude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I will do that. I will download it later. Yeah. That's it. I just like <laughs> I just like Scrabble. <laughs> it's a good game. Yeah. Yes. Do you have like, well, obviously, I guess it depends on what letters you have. <laughs> but do you have like a special like word that you have like use if you have an X like you use or? No. Okay. Chi. Q-I. Find yourself like a triple letter that. Yep. With the Q. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. That's my biggest strategy <laughs> is where can I put this Q? it's q and a z where Mm -hmm. did i put it are there two z's i feel like there are i don't know but i had the realization today that if there are not two z's you can't spell the word pizza you can only say za which is short for pizza which they added to the lexicon oh really yeah za is an acceptable word (laughs) i like it but yeah i have nothing more to add about scrabble but it is a good game. I do like to play it, and I need to download it with friends. Yes, definitely. <laughs> cool. I'm going to go play some more Words with Friends on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go make dinner, and 
and maybe go for a drive. Nice. Since we did yoga earlier. Yeah. I think I want to go for a drive. Get out. I'm not doing that. It's too hot here. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to eat food and play words with friends and watch some more ER. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. So if you are listening on SoundCloud, you can go ahead and give this episode a like and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about it. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us five stars and a review there. That helps us out. Let's other people know that you're endorsing us and they should also listen to our show. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Yes Dude Podcast. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. We will talk to you next week. Bye.